The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian and David Wickert. Well, good morning. I'm Brian Wickert, uh, the majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage and AccuNet Realty Advisors, along with son David, who's our chief client experience officer and senior loan consultant at AccuNet Mortgage. If you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. You can also grab a podcast of today's show anywhere that you normally get your podcast. And uh, your cousin uh, Brent uh, Reiki told me that uh, we have a Spotify channel. Did you know that? <laughs> Uh, not, no, I didn't know that, but cool. Yeah. Goodbye me. All right. So uh, mortgage rates went down on Friday by a lot for one day. Went down almost three-eighths of a percent, but certainly a yep. full quarter. Um, and the typical reasons, if you asked anybody on the street, you'd say, well, gee, it must have been the Federal Reserve did something. Did the Federal Reserve cut rates? No. No. Um, maybe there was some report on inflation because we've been talking on this show all year about how inflation is the enemy of interest rates. Did we get some sudden good news on inflation? Nope. Nope. Uh, I know. I know. A jobs report because we said the jobs, you know, employment is really important. And we did, in fact, get a jobs report on Friday for February. We'll talk about that in a minute. And it was actually a little stronger than expected. So that would normally be bad for rates. But that wasn't it either. It was a bank failure like a super surprising bank failure. Um, the second largest bank failure in the history of the United States of America occurred on Friday morning when the great state of California and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation set down uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank had $209 billion, with a B of assets, making them the 16th largest bank in the country. Um, just to put that in perspective, Wisconsin's largest bank is Associated Bank. They have $39 billion. Oh, so that's okay. a big bank. Yeah. Uh, but when you look at the top bank, who, who's the top bank in America? J.P. Morgan Chase is J.P. Morgan the big Chase, $3.2 trillion. So okay. they are 15 times larger than the failed Silicon Valley Bank. So uh, what the? I have all kinds of detailed notes, David, but uh, you summarize it for me. Why did Silicon Valley Bank all of a sudden fail? apparently so quickly well so uh the answer was it's a classic bank run when people start pulling their money out of the bank the bank has to sell whatever they went and bought you know to go make money on their deposits and people were pulling money faster than silicon valley bank could make them whole and suddenly they had this giant hole in their balance sheet and that's when the fdic stepped in and said you are underwater and you are now in receivership under the federal government. Yep. Ultimately, yeah, yeah. ultimately it was that they borrowed short and invested long. Correct. So, so when you put your money in a bank and you have deposits, you're lending the bank your money. You're the lender. And you're yeah. saying, hey, here, here's $100,000. You know, what interest rate will you pay me? Yeah. But that bank doesn't keep the money in their vault. They go out and invest it. They invest all of it. 
yeah and try to make more interest on the money you know that they're using to invest and what they're paying you it's that simple it's been that way for hundreds of years uh and then the bank's got to keep about 10 percent. it's about a 10 to 1 ratio of uh their money versus the borrowed money from the depositors yeah. and, and so the clientele that the Silicon Valley Bank, oh wait, what's it called? Silicon Valley? Yes, they were lend or their their depositors, their customers were largely venture capital funded startup companies. Yeah. In technology and healthcare care. So maybe they this company goes out and raises a hundred billion dollars of cash, right, through a venture capital deal. Hundred million. But yeah. Oh, hundred million, not a billion. Hundred million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. they they deposited at Silicon Valley Bank. Your yep. home for venture capital based, you know, startups. So you've got these really huge depositors. And what I read was that uh, the bank started to know that they were getting into trouble uh, because they had bought a bunch of mortgage backed securities when rates were at 3%. <laughs> and now what they were having to do as their depositors said, hey, I need my money back because I'm kind of struggling right now. So, you know, I need some, some of that $100 million that I deposited back. Yeah. Old Silicon Valley Bank has to go out there and sell a bunch of mortgages with note rates at three in an environment where note rates are at seven. So they're yeah. getting like 50 cents on the dollar when they're selling their assets. Gulp. And that's what started to gobble them up. And so there's an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal recapping this, you know, talking about how literally uh, Wednesday, Moody's Investments uh, Rating Service tells the bank, hey, we're going to lower your credit rating, you know, because you got this problem. Yeah. Well, then all of a sudden their stock plummets like by 50% at the opening of business on Thursday. All the venture people are watching this. And so they start picking up the phone and telling their, clients to, hey, pull your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. And how many dollars? Remember, they have $209 billion in assets. They had $175 billion in deposits. How much got withdrawn on Thursday, David? I you think it me? was as much as $40 billion got pulled on Thursday. Correct. So a quarter of their depositors said, I wanted my money back. And that's when they went poof. Yeah. All right. So, so the only reason that we're talking about this is, A, it's novel. Oh, you yeah. don't have a $209 billion bank go poof very often. Uh, by the way, the, the two things, in addition to forcing mortgage rates down by a quarter percent, because that's just a fear. Like, what's happening? Yeah. Put your money into safe things like treasuries. And so we got this nice uh, dip in rates. Um, it, a, a lot of bank stocks also got hammered. I think Chase went down 5%, and so did uh, a lot of regional banks. All right, but when we come back, we're going to tell you Exactly. Where did interest rates end? And then let's turn the corner and also start talking about, hey, we got some new home price appreciation uh, numbers. Uh, we'll share all that right after this. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, we're back. Yeah, over there. Well, can I just say we were so we were talking about the failure of Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. And the question all weekend was, "Oh my god, is this going to spread to elsewhere in financials?" This is just the opinion of uh, one David Price Wickert. Yes. Absolutely not, because this is a, an example of poor investment management on their part. If your neighbor goes bankrupt, 
that does not impact your personal balance sheet. It's your neighbor did a bad job of managing their money. That does not mean that it somehow affects your checking account. Good point. Good point. Now, there are there other banks out there like them that have a similar risk exposure? Maybe. Oh, sure. That's, yes. But chances are you don't have your money. And you know how you protect yourself? Keep your deposits under $250,000. Yes. Uh, one interesting fact that I had here in my research on that is there was $151 billion of their $173 billion of deposits were over the $250,000 FDIC insured limit. So... Yeah. Okay, shame on you. For, exactly. You know, believing that this uh, you know bank was bulletproof. Okay, so um, rates, meanwhile, dipped a quarter of a percent. Uh, if you're putting five percent down on the median price three hundred thousand dollar home in the Milwaukee metropolitan area, we could have fetched you a six point six two five percent interest rate on Friday. Nice. That has an APR of six point seven nine because you would have been paying a little bit of mortgage insurance, and this is with seven eighty credit. Mm -hmm. or higher. That's now the new top dog uh, credit tier. It used to be 740 or higher. There was no difference. Mm -mm. Change the game on you. Now there's a difference between 740, 760, and 780. Hey, if you're putting 20% down, guess what the rate was? 6.625. And, well, and, yeah. and, and I'm sure with this, this drop in rates, Dad, yes. the payment savings are enormous. Well, David, I'm glad you asked that on a $240,000 loan, which would be 20% down on the median priced home of three hundred. The payment difference is, uh, I should have asked Isaac for a drum roll, $58.37. Oh, so, well, well, now I'm going to go buy a house. Now that I'm right. saving $58 now. a month... I'm Honey, time to head out. I don't care it's snowing. Let's go look at some houses. That's right. Well, the fact of the matter is it's just more psychological. It's a lot yeah. easier to think, you know what, I'm going to borrow money at 6.625 than at 7.125. That's just uh, the seven handle. What? No. What do, what do we think? Well, you're on the front lines. I know. The The what answer is, of shot? course. But the reason why six looks better than seven is because you had to stare at seven for a minute. Seven would look pretty good if you had to look at eight for a minute there you as go. well. Um, I just, you know, for home shoppers, as I consult with folks, it is to think long-term about the pile of money called your mortgage Yep. and, and that you, whatever your rate is, the rate is not the reason why you're buying a house and it is not a life sentence. And although we cannot guarantee that you can refinance sometime in the future, the whole goal would be, let's try to get smarter and smarter about this pile of money over time. So mm -hmm. whether it's seven and a quarter, which it's not, or six six, six two five, six, like yeah. you said, it's the the payment is not going to be the thing. The rate nor the payment is going to be the thing that holds people back from deciding to buy a house. Hey, what about this idea that I'm going to sit around because you know what? Surely home prices are going to drop any minute now. Well, we've got the latest home price index number from the Federal Housing Finance Agency, which is Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's um, regulator. And yeah. so they gather all this information from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac about what homes are selling for. And then every quarter, every three months, they say, well, how much did homes go up or down? And um, the beauty of their number is it does take into account square footage, bedrooms, bathrooms. It's not like that blunt instrument of the median sales price, you know, that we do report sure. from the Realtors Association. This is much more granular, uh, I think, a much more accurate measure of the... Um, of the price fluctuations. So when we come back, we're going to tell you where did Wisconsin come in? I'm going to tell you we're number 15 
in the country. Top half for sure. And then we've also got the home price appreciation numbers uh, for all the metropolitan statistical areas in Wisconsin. How much did your home go up in value? We'll tell you when we come back. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. All right, so we are back, and let's talk about, hey, is my house price going down? You know, I keep reading in the national headlines, oh, home prices are going to plummet, and they're plummeting here and there. Well, we've got the latest reading from the Federal Housing Finance Agency, which is a they're called their home price index, paired sales analysis, which means they're looking at what did... Um, you know, three-bedroom, two-bath homes of 2,300 square feet change in value, not just mm-hmm. looking at some broad average. So, uh, number one, on a state basis, uh, fastest appreciating market is, no surprise, Florida. And this is measuring from the end of 2021, the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of 2021, sure. to the fourth quarter of 2022, so up 15%. North Carolina, 13%. South Carolina, 13%. Hawaii, 13%. The great state of Maine, where your cousins live, the Reikis, 13%. So pretty good. Wisconsin, as a state, uh, came in 15th of the 50 states at 10%. Year over year. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, in our backyard, Milwaukee, up 11%. Uh, the top appreciation, you want to just gander? I don't know if you saw my notes, David, but what, what do you think is the top appreciating metropolitan statistical area in the state of Wisconsin? Mm, uh, Madison. Ah, thank you for playing. Eh. It's Green Bay, home oh. of those Green Bay football players. Eighteen percent year-over-year home price appreciation. Wow. Um, third, second best is Janesville Beloit at sixteen percent. Appleton fifteen percent. Madison, who you said was probably the hottest, only twelve percent, along with Eau Claire. <laughs> um, let's not walk past 12%, but okay. okay. Okay, 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 It's not 18, though. Yeah. All right. Milwaukee metropolitan area up 11%. Um, that's the five-county Milwaukee metropolitan. Oh, no, you know what? It's four-county in this uh, example because they break out Racine, which is 10%. Uh, home price appreciation as we start to slide south towards the um, Illinois border. Did you know that Lake County, Illinois, and Kenosha, Wisconsin, are a cross-state metropolitan statistical area? You probably knew that, right? Really? No. Okay. If you say so. I am saying so. And so that's a 6% year-over-year home price appreciation. Chicago, only 5%. And to my surprise, home of the University of Minnesota, where you are a graduate, Minneapolis-St. Paul, only a 3% year-over-year home price appreciation, according to this particular index. Any comments on that, David? This is this is supply and demand. That that current homeowners, when you they probably have a three percent rate, and if they're gonna list their home for sale, they got a darn good reason. And there are a lot of buyers out there. There are hungry, hungry hippo buyers out there who want to snap up those listings. And so, I think even if listings doubled overnight, there would still not be softness in home values or competitive situations in for good our homes. microcosm because oh, no, sure always yeah. remember and never forget you know i hey i tell you wisconsin okay is 10 percent, but that doesn't mean it's 10 percent home appreciation everywhere yeah right i just told you it varied from six percent in kenosha 
to 18% in Green Bay. There's a lot right. of variance. Right. So even when we're talking in, you know, Metro Milwaukee or, or Madison or Green Bay, it's, what are we talking about? Are we talking about condos over a million dollars or are we talking about single family, two bedroom starter homes that are 150? You know, the supply and demand dynamic between those two submarkets uh, does vary. Now, last week, David, during the show, you were actually talking on break, I think, and texting. Yeah. To yeah. buyers and agents who are involved in a transaction, set that up, and then we'll we'll talk about that when we come back after the news break here. Absolutely. So uh, referred in by their buyer's agent, John. There was a home listed. Uh, it was in. It was technically it was Germantown, uh, but they were kind of looking in the like Menominee Falls, Germantown sure, area. Kind of I forty five forty one corridor. Let's exactly. call it northern Waukesha County, southern. Washington County. And, yeah. and so these folks uh, got them rock solid pre-approved. And of course, uh, a home came up for sale and it was kind of in like the 425, maybe uh, all the way up to 425, 475 range. Okay. So that's and, and, you know, as we always do, I, I pull up the listing to calculate some numbers, maybe get them a customized pre-approval letter. And I look to see, and I think I called her Jane last week. I was like, Jane... I know this listing know agent, Jane. Jane. Jane loves Acunet. And so between segments last week, I called Jane and I said, Jane, this is David over at Acunet Mortgage. You are going to get an offer uh, from a client and they have a pre-approval from Acunet. They are awesome. And it is going to be smooth sailing to get into closing. I really hope we can work together on this transaction. Jane loved the phone call. Sure. And I'll tell you the rest of the story uh, after we take this break for the news. It's time to turn it over to Wyatt Barmore Pooley in the 24-hour news room. Over to you, Wyatt. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so we're talking about your uh, home buyers that you're helping to acquire a home. I think you said they're relocating back to the state or to the state for the first time. So that's yes. their motivation. Uh, I think you told me they've sold their home. Yep. This was from last week's show. I'm going off of memory that they had tried making some offers contingent upon the sale of their out-of-state home that not surprisingly, in our opinion, did not get accepted. Yep. Um, but, but now they're out there. Hey, they got their cash in hand from the sale of their old home and they want to buy a new place. And so they're writing an offer last week, this time, in uh, Sunday morning, how many offers did it turn out they were competing against? Um, let's. I'm going to say a handful. Uh, a if handful. only that. That's okay. how I'll describe okay. it. A hand, because a handful. It, it. I mean, this is a price point that is nice. You get you know quite a bit of square footage um, at that price point, and uh, and you know, in having that much space, I think is important. I, so they. So I make the call to the listing agent, which um, couldn't have I mean, gone better. Well, oh, of course, and I. This was true last weekend. I, I do that all the time. It's yeah. it's always good to hear from the lender to be like, um, these people are. You know, it's going to say rock solid, but these guys are granite. They are hard. Well, exactly. Granite. Well, the other thing too that I tell listing agents, it's like I'm calling you from my cell phone. This is literally tattooed to my head. So if yeah. you have a, if you or your sellers have questions, call me. And yeah. you know, I can't share every detail. Obviously, right, because right, right. the borrower is our client. Right, right, yeah. But if you guys have questions or something, just call me. 
So did these uh, which is a lot better over? than a. I was just going to say, which is a lot better than calling a skyscraper downtown. If you have to call an eight hundred number, you know yeah. exactly what you're getting. Probably not. And I was. Gonna, so did these folks folks offer over the asking? They price? did. So okay. so it was it was listed, and they made a strong offer above that list price. But they that weren't the only one. Ah. And so the the seller, you know, observing. Hey, I'm pretty popular right now. They yeah. kind of like poker. They re-raised, they, they countered, I think, all of their offers, realizing, like, I have a house that more than one person wants, which means I am in the position to, you know, du double yeah. down. Um, well, to ask for more. To ask for more. And, and for my buyers, they uh, weren't willing to double down. Like, in a game of poker, they had made their strong offer, and and when it was a re-raise, they said, "Not for us." No, thank you. Yeah. What? And uh, I'm sure you did this. Did you quantify for them what was the difference between in payment or money out of pocket from what they had offered versus what the re-raise was? And and was there a specific dollar amount that the seller said, "Hey, would you be willing to pay me this dollar amount?" Or they was did. It the The seller specified a, a dollar amount that you know, hey, if you say yes, the house is yours. Oh, okay. And absolutely, I mean, we. Uh, I like to say my rule of thumb generally is for every thousand more dollars, it's yeah. about six dollars a month in payment. Okay, that's a good rule of thumb to know. Um, and, and so, and you know, okay, ten thousand more dollars, it's a sixty dollar more in payment. Okay. For for them, you know, it's no more money out of pocket because you know the or they're not a material difference. A small, they're, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they're they're putting twenty percent down. On, they got to bring. If they're going ten grand more, then they got to bring two grand more, or whatever. Not even, and so um, it wasn't even. It wasn't necessarily the payment. I think it was just that they had made their strong offer, and to okay. and to feel like they had to then stretch to another level to get the home because they just weren't willing to do it. Not yet. Maybe on the next house. Uh, it Correct. all depends. Maybe the house wasn't as nice as they wanted. By the way, I did a little quick research here before on our last break. Uh, in the areas where they're looking, which I'm saying is uh, Germantown, Jackson, Menominee Falls, and Brookfield. Let's say it's kind of that, you know, yeah. I-45, 41 corridor. I guess mm -hmm. it's not I, it's state roads. Anyway, uh, there are 24 active listings on the multiple listing service, and 13 of them have offers. So, So there's really only 11 that are out there without offers but this was what i found interesting and i did the price range 399 up to 475 but this is what i found surprising david uh there is a listing out there for one day four days five days but now check this out then you leap up to oh i'm 46 days on the market i'm 47 Ooh. days on the market a couple of them are 115 days on the market a hundred i'm like what is going on with these listings? Yeah, I got to drill down on that. Maybe I'll do that on this next break. What do you want to talk about next? You got All it? right, so your so your choice. I got a couple stories. We can either we come back talk about a bad basement. We can talk about return from parental leave or mm. a spouse starting graduate school. Your choice. Whoa, when we come back, right. uh, everyone, you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM six twenty WTMJ important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. 
All right, we were just talking about, uh, hey, what's that market like um, in the price range where your buyers are looking between three ninety nine, between three ninety nine and um, uh, four seventy five. Yeah. There you go. And, and and I said, boy, some of these have been out here a long time. One hundred and fifteen days. One hundred <laughs> new construction. They were new. Con- they are new construction listings. And then another one I found that was out there for the one hundred and seventy four days. It's not even in in. Uh, Jackson or Germantown, whatever I thought it was, it's way up north somewhere. So the bottom line is it is a little bit <clears throat> more normal, I would say. All right, so you gave me the choice of what do we want to talk about? And I'm going to go with uh, parental leave. Parental leave, because only because I think that's the most common. Maybe that in the basement problem. So let's, yeah. let's try to tackle those two. So tell me the story. Okay. About the parental leave. So uh, these fo- I was talking to these folks last night uh, at about 8.30. What? Uh, wait, wait, you, you working on a Saturday, David? Of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. This is when, so these folks, young family, and um, they're, uh, they have a two-month-old. And so mom is on parental leave. And of course, you know, they, sh- they share this with me. Well, first we commiserate over uh, having young kids because part of the reason why we were talking at 830, I was like, you know, bedtime, we give bedtime a wide berth, uh, at mm. least in our house. And so uh, lots of folks, I think, appreciate, you know, flexibility on connecting, right? That they had to put down their uh, older kid and I put down my son for bedtime. And so then we connected at later in the evening. Okay. And so they share with me that, uh, so she's a teacher. And, you know, so having, having given me the heads up that she's currently on leave, part of, I think, the huge benefit of the rock-solid pre-approval is that, as we say lots of times, mortgage lending is all about PDFs, right? <laughs> and, well, it is. It, we're, we're in the PDF manufacturing uh, world mm-hmm. in mortgage lending. And, and by so, manufacturing, you don't mean we're... We're fabricating them. <laughs> no, 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 collecting no. them. Yes, okay, collecting. Cool. Yeah, PDF collection. And I said, we. It is not a mystery what we need to document your leave. Because I said, need, the, David, what do we need to document her leave? Well, can so can we just count her old salary? Come on. Well, so what I said was documenting leave. It's both about the past but it's also very much about the future. And so mm-hmm. it's understanding when did you go on leave? What was your income at the time that you left? How long had you been at your employer when you left? Uh, and then sometimes even too, while on leave, are you receiving any income? How long will that go for? But I said the most important uh, lens is returning, the future, your return from leave. And and so I said, when you know, have you communicated with your manager do you have an agreement on when you will return? Yes, I'm returning in early April. Oh. And but but then follow up I said is that in is that just words that you've said to each other or do you have something written down? And and so that was a key point it was it was just verbal. Wow. And I said in order to you, well because it's a PDF world in mortgage lending, we're going to need that in writing. And and let's get that in writing now. Part of the rock solid is it's not a mystery. Let's gather the documentation right now so yeah, that there's less stress. You have let's not find out that your HR department doesn't exactly. like putting things in writing after you've got an offer accepted. If, well, if that's going to be a problem, let's find that out now. A hundred percent. 
Yep. And and so that was, I think that, you know, ha- having a young baby is stressful enough. And so I for this family to know that we could tackle any of the, it's not even a hiccup. It's just, let's all get it. Let's all get it in writing right now. Yeah. It yeah. reduces the stress because buying a home is stress, can be stressful yeah. or falling in love with a home, I should say, can be stressful. Well, if you, if you don't get to get married, you know, right. after you fall in love, that, <laughs> if, if the can, house that you fell in love with decides to get married to a different buyer, then that is heartbreaking. Yeah. It, indeed. And, and so I think it was just really um, quite a relief to this young family that if we just do this little bit of homework, being on parental leave is going to be a nothing sandwich. We're just going to iron out all the details before they go out and as you said fall in love with a house and sure, they, i think this they really is the like first that. time that they've tried to buy a home exactly. while somebody's on family leave it's not our first time true all right so so hey let us let us be your guide and iron out the wrinkles exactly all right so that's my story here when we come back uh, from this break let's dive into another quick story uh, before the end of the show you're listening to the accurate mortgage and realty show on am 620 wtmj wtmj w277cv and wkti hd2 milwaukee from the annex wealth management studios this is news radio wtmj a good karma brand station Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And also the taller, younger, more handsome David Wickert, who's sporting his Ted Lasso mustache. <laughs> yeah, but you said that's coming off today? Yeah, my lease agreement ends today on the mustache, so. Okay, all right. So uh, we're talking about, hey, the current awesome environment for buying a home. Good news is rates are a quarter percent lower. Yeah. Uh, today than they were when we woke up on Friday morning. So that's good. About 6.625% on a 30 year fixed rate with anywhere from 25 to 5% down. APR is ranging from 6.7 to 6.78, depending on your down payment. And so that's, that's good news going the right way. Hey, by the way, this coming week, we have a big potential market mover. We we kind of dodged the a bullet, so to speak, this last Friday, we had a what I'm calling still a stronger than expected jobs report where the government reported 311,000 new jobs were created over and against an expectation of more like 225, 250, yeah, something like 250. that. Uh, but because there was less increase in the hourly wage, that was like, okay, well, maybe that's good news. But this coming Tuesday, we get the Consumer Price Index, a measurement of inflation. And of course, folks, always remember and never forget, it's not the Federal Reserve that's causing mortgage rates to go up. It is inflation. Yeah. And the Federal Reserve is fighting inflation by raising short-term interest rates to try to cool down the economy and, frankly, cause people to lose their jobs, which Fed Powell almost said out loud this last week in his congressional testimony. But all that's to say, we don't know where mortgage rates are going, but we do know what it takes for a successful home sale to happen. And David, tell, regale us with the uh, anecdote of your buyers who were perfectly willing to fix the basement problem. Yeah. But. Well, and so great down payment for these folks, you know, strong buyers, a, kind of a seller's dream, right? Great down payment, uh, which is always the implicit, like, you know, hey, we can get this done. And they had an inspection contingency in their offer. Okay. But like you noted, they had come across a basement issue, but these buyers had the means and were willing to take care of the basement issue on their own after closing. And Are so, we talking about cracked wall, a leaning wall? Uh, both. 
Oh, cracked and leaning. Okay, my favorite combination. Uh, a bowing, I believe. Is that the bowing, verb? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, the so they did not address it. They didn't codify anything about the basement in an amendment. They, yeah, they didn't say, hey, I, I'm only going to buy your house if you fix the basement wall. They, they did, however, said, but they lowered they the purchase price. Ah, they lowered the purchase price to, and, and which is fine. And we, we will oftentimes say that. Hey, if you're going to do something related to the inspection, uh, try not to tell us. Trying to say, hey, we're lowering the purchase price by ten thousand dollars because well, of the Boeing basement wall. Do I, I, I would phrase back. it. A, I would phrase it a different way. If it's not material enough to write it out, that's fine by us. But if you put it in an amendment, if you you know verbalize it, yeah, then it matters. But in this case, they didn't verbalize it. They just no. said, buyer and seller agree to lower the price by X thousands of dollars. Uh, inspection contingency is hereby waived. Hereby love. Waived buyer and seller that's perfect love that but what's the problem so what's the problem so then we send you know then acunet orders up the appraisal and the uh, appraiser goes out to the property because we you know an appraisal is independent verification as to the value health and condition and marketability and condition of the property yes. and so even though the buyers hadn't thrown the flag on the basement the appraiser I get the report Ooh. and appraisers take pictures of the interior and exterior of the property and right there on page you know 16 of the pdf bam there's a picture of the cracks in the basement foundation and an appraiser will never say whoa well they'll never say you got to fix this what an appraiser will say is wow i have seen something i am not a basement expert please have a basement expert go and tell all of us what is the nature or status of this yeah. basement Right, because that could, in in fact, imp impair the value or marketability of the property, and that's what we care exactly. about as lenders. But David, come on, they're putting a big down payment. Can't we just ignore this? The short answer is no, because it has to do with the marketability of the home, and 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 ultimately, the mortgage we're putting on it is more than the down payment that these folks are putting on. So we care extra, extra. <laughs> well, there you go. But yeah, but it's it's a kind of a thing in order to sell this loan to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They say, hey, you can't sell us a loan where there is a. Well, wait, 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 wait. wait. I got an idea, David. Let's escrow for this. Let's put the money aside. No, can't the buyer? What if can't what, do it? Can't the buyers like put away twice the money and then we'll show you the contract? I, and what, I what? took the snippet out of the mortgage rule book that says can't do that, and so and so here's where things are. The the in working with both agents, this will need to get addressed uh, in order for the property to sell. The only person who could buy this would be a cash buyer because anyone right. who's lending is going to see this material impact. Mm -hmm. And so both buyer and seller, I think it's going to come together this week, are willing to wait to get this done because it's it's going to have to get done. It is a not ignorable thing Correct. Yeah. to help it's this so get It's so obvious sold. that anybody with a pair of eyes is going to notice that uh, this, this issue is material and it's out there. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it very much. You can catch us back here, guess what, next week at the same time. We'll be glad that you uh, joined us. And don't forget to click on that blue button at Acunet.com if you would like to become a rock-solid, guaranteed, pre-approved home shopper with expert weekend and evening help from guys like David Wickard. All right. We'll see you here next week. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. 
The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.